So, Stu, you were talking about something. Hang on just a second. More breaking news from the impeachment. Can we? Efforts to use the powers of his office. Holy cow, wow. is he guilty? Mm-hmm. I mean, is he guilty or what? I think he's double guilty. When you, I mean, I wasn't for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the impeachment, this thing is a scam. And then I just heard that. And I'm like, holy cow. That was pretty powerful. That's damning evidence. Powerful. Right? And, it, you know, and unfortunately, it does mm-hmm. overshadow for a lot of the mainstream media. Something they really want to cover? Yeah, from the scandal-free White House of the Obama administration. <sighs> See, they didn't do anything wrong the entire time. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where are you getting this conspiracy theory? Um, from the Washington Post. Pardon which me? is a hardcore right-wing organization yeah, well, um, dedicated we to take it. down President Obama's yeah. regime. Don't we all know it, brother? Uh, in, in, yes. Uh, and so I, if you look at this report, and they'd like to talk about it, they want to. I mean, they want to. Every, every news organization would love to be talking about this today instead of how bad Donald Trump is. But instead, they have to talk about Trump because of—do of, we have some audio from, from the impeachment? Shared commitment to quote— Because of that. Because of that? It's pretty powerful. Not the last one, but this one. This one. <sighs> Corruption at all. Whoa! And that one, too. Mm. Holy cow. Riveting. All right. Uh, so the Obama administration uh, had a little bit of an issue during mm-hmm. the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, National Secu- Security Council official now saying that there was constant pressure from the Obama White House and then the Pentagon to produce figures to show the troop surge from 2009 to 2011 was working despite hard evidence to the contrary. Hmm. It was impossible to create good metrics, they say. We tried using troop numbers, train, violence levels, control of territory, and none of it painted an accurate picture. <laughs> the metrics were always manipulated for the mm. duration of the war. Huh. Even when casualty counts and other figures looked bad, the senior NSC official said the White House and Pentagon would spin them to the point of absurdity. <laughs> Suicide bombings in Kabul were portrayed as a sign of the Taliban's desperation. Mm. The insurgents were too weak to engage in direct combat. Ah, combat. Yeah. Meanwhile, a rise in U.S. troop deaths was cited as proof that American forces were taking the fight to the enemy. So the same group of people, uh, you know, on the left that uh, were in production probably for uh, the Post, mm. you know, the movie of the, about the Washington Post and how those journalists just were involved in propaganda, you know, there at the beginning of uh, the uh, uh, the Vietnam War because mm-hmm. they were so enamored with Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they as they're in production with that they there was nobody that thought wow we're so enamored with Barack Obama we don't care if we're actually carrying his water and uh, lying to the American people about the surge numbers hmm it's a little weird right That's weird you'd think they'd learn their lesson mm-hmm. but they didn't yeah yeah and then you know but that was the only the only scandal that's the only scandal you know yeah. certainly the irs scandal is not a big deal none of yeah. that yeah well also, we have, can we can you shut up shut the pie hole okay. we've been breaking news the white house meeting to occur president trump told the delegation that they must talk to rudy to mm. get the visit scheduled oh my gosh now there is new information i didn't know that did you know that mm. yeah talk to rudy they really like Rudy Giuliani. It's the most popular guy in the world right now there's a really? huge article in the new york times today mm. the indispensable man how Giuliani led Trump to the brink of impeachment. Mm. And it goes back through his entire history. Like, how did he get here uh, mm. to be the focus? He was mentioned more than any person in the impeachment trial other than Trump himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, they really, I mean, he has become public enemy number one. What's amazing is he's gone from America's mayor. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved Rudy Giuliani. Everybody loved Giuliani. Uh, to now, 
There's no way. I mean, no, oh, yeah, you know, the, he, the, if if he wouldn't have gone to work for Donald Trump, they would have built the next airport or something and named it after him after he was dead. There's no airport in his future now. None, none. And why? Because how does the New York Times explain this? Because here's what Rudy Giuliani, the reason why he's involved. He was hired by the president of the United States to be his personal attorney, his lawyer, to find out what the deal is with this Russia thing and to find, you know, who was causing this, what his defense could be, mm-hmm. what the prosecution was going to say. Well, that led him to one to stop at one place, and that was Ukraine. Because he tracked down where that stuff started. He was tracking down the steel dossier, remember. So he's going and doing work for the st- to look into the steel dossier. How did the steel dossier happen? Who gave that information? What, what happened with Paul Manafort? And that all led to Ukraine. Now, how did the New York Times say that uh, it was handled? The basic storyline here. Uh... The 9-11 thing happens. As you point out, he's America's mayor. He runs for president in the United States, 2008. Goes very badly. Spends mm-hmm. a lot of money. Gets zero delegates. Mm-hmm. Drops out of the race. And now is n- no longer in the, in the spotlight. He's, he's, he's gone. So he's desperate. So now he's desperate. He mm-hmm. needs money and attention. So he goes on, he starts you know, going on, you know, he does, of course, the media stuff, but he has to pull back from that because he's making so much money with these, you know, sort of security endorsements and other legal things he's doing uh, all around the world. Sure. Um, so he, this is how he's funny. I his, thought he was out of the spotlight, so he was desperate. Yeah, he's desperate because he he wants uh, attention oh, he and money. So he can't. But what he was, ma- he had he to can't, get. But he can't get the attention anymore because okay. part of the reason he's getting all this money Part of the requirements of that is him not going on television all the time. Okay. So that's kind of the way they presented it. Okay. Again, this is the New York Times. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Times says that basically he's making tons and tons and tons of money and getting a more and more and more expensive uh, lifestyle. There's a detail here that's (laughs) relatively interesting. His personal life has descended into the sort of well-appointed shambles that material wealth can disguise, though not necessarily make any less fraught. A third marriage has fallen into divorce court ruins, revealing monthly expenses of $230,000 for six homes, and this is the part that gets me, I, and 11 country club memberships. Now, look, a country club is a nice thing, and everybody likes a country club, I'm sure. But is there a... White privilege speaking. 11 country club memberships? I mean, do you even get to visit them all in a year? <laughs> I, like, I gotta say, Rudy, if that's accurate... I, I mean, you, you go for nine... Yeah, seven you know, to so nine, the, like the, an average person yeah, is fine. You go for nine, you could play a hole in the front nine, different <laughs> hole, different club, you know? Maybe or you go goal. for the 18, you know? Get but, to 18. But yeah, yeah, eight. Why? What's that, the point? That's how real people, people play golf. 18 <laughs> country club memberships, one hole per country club. That's right. That's awesome. We take the jet and we play the first the first hole in uh, Saratoga. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the story basically makes the case that he really wanted Secretary of State in 2016, was sure he was getting it because of the fact he was, uh, you know, all the stuff he did for Trump during the campaign. One detail I had actually never read, and I've read multiple books about this election, um, is, and we've talked about this part of it before, when the Access Hollywood tape comes out in 2016, you know, we're in early October of 2016, mm-hmm. the tape comes out, 
everybody, all of his people on his staff, including you know Spicer and uh, and you know uh, all of them uh, say you're done. Chris Christie and and all Ryan's Priebus, they're all scheduled to go on these Sunday shows to talk about other stuff. All of them cancel. The only person who doesn't cancel is Rudy Giuliani, and Giuliani goes on all the networks. I remember that, and he was the only one out there defending him. So he does this, and he comes back on the plane. I had never heard this detail before. Comes back on the plane. He's walking up uh, t- towards Trump. They're about to go to some campaign rally. Or, or no, it was to the debate, I think it was. And he's up there, and they portray him walking through like, I'm the man. I, I'm the only guy who would stand up for you. Goes down, sits down, <laughs> sits down next to Trump, and Trump says, wow, you were terrible on those shows. Low oh energy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh my god. Low energy, Rudy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've never <laughs> I, yeah, man this is the actual quote from the article. Man Rudy, you sucked. You were weak, low energy. What was This his is response? America's mayor laying his entire career out. career on the line to defend him in his worst moment. And then it just says Giuliani just slumped in his seat, one witness said the plane grew silent. I think I would have said, Don, baby, I'm the only one. It's me, me. Okay, maybe I was a little, but it's me. I'm the only one. Yeah. And so he was supposed to get, he believed he was going to get Secretary of State. The problem was he had so many. Uh, yeah, he dealings. has foreign dealings. Lots he has of foreign, foreign clients, dealings. Lots of de- uh, massive uh, deals with foreign governments, right? Um, who who and uh, and and important people in, in foreign countries that don't always look so uh, clean. And they, a lot of times it was about security. And he was a security consultant. Right. And that was one of the big ways he was making his money. Um, so he was making six million dollars a year from one of his law firms that actually made him once he started working with Trump, he had to leave. He lost all that money. So he lost a lot of money to go with Trump. His wife's his ex-wife's one of his ex-wife's cases <laughs> is that he really just needs the attention to survive. Now, again, this is an incredibly negative article about Giuliani. They, they're not giving but his wait, side of this. What You've does his side of this? In yeah. And I, and I hope yeah. I hope in the next few weeks I'm going to be doing another sit down with with Rudy Giuliani. Mm. Uh, and because I want to I, I want him to lay it out. Do they lay out why he was involved or are they just smearing him? They do go into it. I mean, they do they, they say that they, he was the personal attorney mm-hmm. that was hired to defend Donald Trump and to find out where all of this stuff started, because that's the only reason why he was in Ukraine is he was trying to find mm-hmm. out where did the steel dossier who was giving all of this stuff. Where was that coming from? Yeah, they do kind of go into that a little bit. Um, and <laughs> a they, little bit. They outline sort of what you're talking about with the personal lawyer. And, he, and it says, you know, he uh, he's in the middle of this fight. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, during uh, They went into trying to promote the other side of this, especially during the Mueller situation. Um, and he, Giuliani said basically, look, this is a public relations war. It's not a legal war. This is an impeachment. Right. So it's different. It's different mm-hmm. than a normal legal hearing. Uh, it says during this barrage, public opinion shifted slightly against impeachment based on Mueller f- findings. And the uh, co- in Congress showed little appetite for pursuing it. Mr. Giuliani took uh, victory laps with scant attention. At first, he shifted to the theater of combat away from television screens and into murky Ukraine politics. Without Giuliani's push for money and, fr- uh, and frank yearning for relevance, the Trump Ukrainian initiative might never have amounted to much more than presidential tweet storms. Mr. Giuliani compressed the digital gases of the president's suspicions and wishful theories 
into what is wow. now the molten core of impeachment. Nothing shows how few limits Giuliani observed as plainly as his extended bear hugs of Lev Parnas and Igor Furman, his friends, clients, and fellow emissaries for the President of the United States, the men who brought his 9-11 dinner. Um, this is something they talked about earlier. Um, in the. Uh, yeah, I have to tell you something. I have to tell you. Um, when I talked to Giuliani about those two guys, mm-hmm. his bear hugs for them, yeah. as clients, mm-hmm. Giuliani said, look, when you are an attorney— and you represent people. Uh, you don't always represent the best people. <laughs> uh, you're That's, not always. Yeah. yeah, you're not always representing the best people. And when you're looking for dirt on organized crime, which is what Ukraine, what was happening in Ukraine. It's the good people who are staying out of it that have no information. You got to get the people who are playing at that game that it would be like smearing rudy giuliani if he had any ties to sources putting you know the uh the crime families away if he had any sources that were also members or former members of the mob of course the prosecution had those people as sources those were the people that had that were the witnesses those are the people who knew how the mob worked. Of course, we look into those people. Of course, we stay close to those people. Of course, the prosecutors and the and the police officers treat them with real respect when they're around them. It doesn't mean that they're they love them. It means that's who you're going to get information from. That's how you're going to put it all together. If you want to put the crime family away, you're going to have to talk to people that know about crime uh, families. Okay, you know who uh, uh, Chuck Todd did not laugh at on Meet the Press? Jerry Nadler. Didn't laugh at Jerry Nadler when he said uh, this. In the face of an abundance of uncontested evidence that the president poses a threat to our election, that he put his own interest above the interests of the country, are they going to be patriots? Or are they going to be partisans? Speaking of the Senate, if he's acquitted, do you think we'll have a fair election in 2020? Asked Chuck Todd. Nadler responds, I don't know. The president, based on his past performance, will do everything he can to make it not a fair election. Excuse me? So so let me just see if I have this right. And when you use uncontested facts, you're right. They are uncontested because you wouldn't let anybody who could actually contest those facts as part of the testimony and let, and let them be heard. Um, so if the House decides... That they want to impeach. That's not a trial, by the way. The trial hasn't happened. This is the grand jury. If the trial happens and the Supreme Court justice, who is not really a friend of anybody who is really conservative, if he's sitting at the head and holding an impeachment trial, you're telling me that the president will have rigged that? That unless they find him guilty, it will have been rigged. So we shouldn't believe that. That's just a criminal getting away with it. Okay, all right. And because of his history, which, where is the history? Where is the history? 
You haven't proven it in Ukraine, and it was disproven in in uh, Russia. Because of his history, he's going to rig this next election? Jerry, let me ask you, who's doing damage to the American Republic? Remember how mad they were? They said Donald Trump might not accept the election results when he loses to Hillary Clinton. Remember that? It was like it was a media firestorm for we weeks and weeks. We can't do that. It'll destroy you're, the American Republic. You're putting questions on our democracy. Our democracy. Oh, they're got- doing it. They're questioning. They're questioning the Senate, mm-hmm. the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. They're questioning the election, mm-hmm. the presidency. Uh, every institution we have. Every institution we have. They're putting into question if they don't get their way. Shame on you. Shame on you. This is the Glimpse. Will Witt from uh, Prager University was uh, out on uh, college campuses asking people to, uh, to rate people from worst to best. I want you to listen. Who's this? Yeah, I don't know who this is. That's Joseph Stalin. He was a communist leader, killed millions of people. Got it. Best over there. Worst. This is Jesus. Well, Obama, black president. Okay, so Obama's the best. Then they replace him with Jesus. Which one's Hitler? This Hitler? Uh huh. Who's this? That's Stalin. You know who Stalin is? Mm -mm. Okay, fair enough. Would you like to explain any of your choices? Um. Barack Obama, I mean, that's black president, you know, black power. What was your favorite thing about Obama? Being black <laughs> and being president. Like, that's that's a big, like, accomplishment. Think Trump is worse than Hitler? Yes. Yeah, Could be. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you say that? He's childish. Yeah. That's He's trying to, he trying to stop, you know, like, food stamps. People need those. Do you think that ending food stamps is as bad as killing, like, six million Jews? He did that? He did that? He did that? That's incredible. And so let's let just go back to what, what we learned here. Uh, first of all, immediately, Barack Obama, without even looking at anybody else, Barack Obama is put down as the best person, only replaced by Jesus. Okay? Why does he make it to number four or, you know, the second best? Because he's black. That was it. Black and being black and president, that was quite an accomplishment. Yeah, but that wasn't enough, is it? I mean, is it? Don't don't you have to, you know, do something, be something? How about some policies that he did? Robert Mugabe was also a black leader. Yeah, and led a, led a nation. Didn't right. do it very well though. Right. Idi Amin was a, <laughs> did yeah, some bad I mean, things. It's. it's the skin color is not a good thing to judge people on. Yeah, it's just not it's good. It's an innovative new idea. Yeah. And I maybe know. just because people have done it in the past to terrible result doesn't mean you should just take it on as your current policy because you think you'll do it right. That's not a good idea. So, so Barack Obama is uh, followed by Jesus. Then Stalin, because they don't know who he is. Neither one of these college students know who Joseph Stalin is. Even when they say the name. Now, I could give you, okay, well, maybe I don't know the picture. How you don't know the picture of the guy in the uniform with the big Stalin mustache, mm-hmm. I don't, you, okay, we show you a picture, but you don't know it. All right, it's Joseph Stalin. Do you know who that is? No. You don't know who Joseph Stalin is. I'll bet you you say you're a socialist. Then, number two is Adolf Hitler. 
Number one is Donald Trump because Donald Trump. Well, can you be? Well, he's childish, right? Yeah, is that what he's, he's first. Thing? He's childish. <laughs> he's childish. <laughs> uh, okay, then maybe you put him in third place for being childish. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, he's a uh, middle of the pack guy. Yeah, Jesus, Obama, the childish one. Then probably Stalin and Hitler, but I could go either way. Mm-hmm. You have one of them in the first place and the other one in number two. I'm not going to argue with you. If you don't have Jesus in the number one place of best guy, I'm going to argue with you. Stalin and Hitler, now they're both really, really bad. Killed millions of people. But not only do they not know who Stalin is by name or by picture, when asked, don't you think childishness or food stamps is a little less than killing millions of Jews? The response is, he did that? <laughs> How is it possible? No, no, no. How I mean, is it can possible? Can I complete that sentence? How is it possible that we're going to survive as a republic? If people don't know that. You, you don't know, know that. You don't know anything. Like, I feel like Adolf's pretty, pretty famous to the extent that you know, no one even tries to pull off his mustache anymore. Like, I mean, his entire facial hair structure I mean, th- has been wiped out because of what he did. Think of this. The only guy from silent films that everybody, I can't say that anymore, back just a few years ago before we became morons, everyone knew Charlie Chaplin. I think you could say Charlie Chaplin even to these two, and maybe they would go, the guy with the funny mustache, okay? He was so important to the global culture. That today, his imprint still is around. You could still see it and go, oh, yeah, that's that silent movie guy. Mm -hmm. Okay? His iconic feature was the mustache. He had it before Hitler. Hitler comes in, what, has a nasty cold, is not (laughs) nice to people? He did something. Something bad. Something bad Mm -hmm. where that mustache can never, ever, ever be worn again. Now, I don't think it necessarily looks good, but you can't wear that, dude. Well, I will say uh, this settles the debate of all time between LeBron James and Michael Jordan because Jordan did wear it and still pulled it off and was able to still be in public. No, he didn't. Yes, Jordan had the the Hitler mustache. Michael Jordan did. (laughs) Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. The the Nike, the the greatest basketball player of all time. Yes, that guy. Show me a picture of that. I don't believe that. Can we show him? She's Googling as we speak. Yes. Uh, He had the... I think, you know, he's a very well-known gambler. I swear he lost the bet and he had to wear the Hitler mustache. It's it's never been disclosed to my my knowledge. But yes, uh, Jordan had the Hitler stash for a while. And it kind of worked on him. Yeah, well, he's Jordan. He gets to do whatever he wants. But I mean, that's the only thing that can that can overcome, apparently. You know, isn't that weird? You know, when you get to... when When you get to that point... Uh, where you're you're famous for doing something and it's good. You're good at something, right? You know what I mean. You could pretty much pull off anything, and, <laughs> and everybody's like, you know, on him it works. But no, it, yeah. Well, that's no. like <laughs> why I, keep, I know it doesn't. I know yeah. well because you know it goes back to again in the NBA where a lot of these guys now will do their press conferences and they're dressed basically like Urkel. Yeah, they're basically dressed like Urkel, and it's all of a sudden fashionable. And you're like, "Well, why are you dressed like Urkel?" And it's like, "Well, they're NBA stars, so they get to do whatever they want." That doesn't mean that the decision they're making is good, but they're NBA stars, so they look good. At, they're in very good shape, and so, you know this works for them. If I wouldn't have been called a racist, I had an honest question standing in line at the TSA uh, this weekend. Okay, I'm standing in line at TSA, and uh, I'm being told to take off my belt. 
but the three gentlemen in front of me weren't wearing belts and their pants were literally below their buttocks mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so they may have been a little higher in the front but all of them were like all you'd have to do is just take down the underwear and you could you could sit down and go to the bathroom all right, right. you didn't have to pull the pants down they were already under so, the butt so it was efficient is what you're saying they were efficient, uh, sure, efficient sure that's what i was trying mm-hmm. to say thank you Stu. Mm-hmm. and i looked at my son and i said i'm being serious no jokes how do those pants stay up and from he, a from a physics, physics standpoint, standpoint. how mm-hmm. do how are they why none of them were pulling them up nobody was holding them mm-hmm. you know nothing how are those pants staying up and i want to know and i i would have asked but no I, you know you couldn't you can't as a as a that <laughs> would not have been a good no, moment would not have been a good asked moment. that no TSA. but i would like to know if anybody knows the physics of how pants stay on worn like that and you look like an idiot I mean, I don't need to see your underpants. Wear, just wear your underpants and not uh, wear underpants and leggings. What are you doing? I don't even understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to understand but it. But I will say, number one, you pointed out more efficient going to the bathroom, right? You don't even I have did. to. Number two, uh, more efficient in the TSA line. They didn't have to take off belts. They didn't. Because they didn't wear, weren't they wearing didn't. them. They so, didn't. I mean, who won this? I think they did. Yeah. You know, you're clearly the one who didn't think this thing through. That's the way it works. It's there innovation. Go. There you it's go. It's innovation. There you go. Thank you for that, mm-hmm. Stu. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of more stories uh, left uh, on, well, I've, I've got, you're going to have to make the choice. I'll okay. give you a break and then you you make the choice, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, Mars colonists might be surprised if they try to have sex with Earth, Earth-based humans, it may be lethal. New science so if you have sex on Mars, you might die. Yes, if you're a scientist on Mars mm-hmm. and the Earth traveler comes to you and is like, hey, lonely? Right. Uh, you got to say yes, but no thank you. Hmm. Okay. okay. It, it, interesting story. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Star Wars actor uh, Daisy Ridley denies being privileged and oh, gets no. blasted online. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she didn't say she got enough... Uh, privilege because of her white skin uh yeah no mm-hmm. she didn't she mm-hmm. said privilege show me oh not the thing to say oh honey. my gosh yeah, yeah they will show you and the third one is more of a christmas story why do people hang pickles on their christmas tree mm. experts say experts say there are three answers but i only believe one of them and it's and it's only because i know history so I have those three answers for you and those three stories you pick in uh, just a couple of seconds. Still choose your news. Headline number one, Star Wars actress Daisy Ridley denies being privileged, gets blasted online. Yeah, I mean, we, we know that story. It's uh, some unfair criticism of her, I would assume. Uh, short-sighted Mars colonists could find sex with Earth-based humans lethal. Hmm. It's a good story. It's a good story, but I feel like we have time to figure that one out. You know, like it's the, the colonist thing hasn't happened yet. I mean, are you thinking that by the time it does, I'm probably not going to be all that interested in sex. You're, so, so you're saying story number three? We have an urgent need to find why some people hang a pickle on their Christmas tree. Hell yeah, we're only a few weeks away. All right, so is that your choice? Yes, I All right. the pickle story. Pickle story. Here's, here it is. 
We all have Christmas tradi- uh, traditions, but perhaps there's one you haven't heard of, the Christmas pickle. Do you know the Christmas I pickle? don't know the Christmas pickle. Do you know? Does anybody know? Am I the only one that knows the Christmas pickle? The, the, have you ever seen the ornaments that look like a pickle that people hang on trees? I have not. However, considering there's an article about it, you can't be the only one who knows about it unless well, you wrote the article. Right. Uh, okay, so the Christmas uh, pickle. A lot of people put the pickle, and your deal is at the end of Christmas, I think, is, you know, who can find the pickle? You hide the pickle in the tree. This does not sound like a Christmas-based game. No, it, it really sounds... <laughs> It sounds like something that children should run from. Or something that might happen on Mars in the future. (laughs) Find the pickle. Anyway. uh, All right. So they don't know how exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is one theory. There are three of them. I only buy one. According to several sources, in the late 1880s, Woolworths began selling glass ornaments imported from Germany. These ornaments were made in the shapes of fruits and vegetables, including the pickle. It's unclear why the pickle became the tradition. It was green and hard to find on the tree, perhaps. Okay. That's one theory. Uh, That's potentially believable, but boring. All right. Another theory includes a soldier in the American Civil War. When the soldier was taken prisoner on Christmas Eve, he begged a guard for one last pickle before he died. The guard gave him a pickle, and it gave him the strength he needed to survive. When the soldier returned to his family, he started the tradition of hiding a pickle on the Christmas tree every year. I, that does not seem believable to me either. Who would ask for a pickle as your last meal? 30. No, he didn't. Well, he begged for the last pickle because that was the only thing around. Mm. I mean, you would, I would beg for a pickle if that's the only food that was around. Maybe pizza would be a more... You get Uber well, Eats and they'll bring sure. it to you. Just call no where you are. Uber Eats, dude. Hurry. <laughs> Third, two Spanish boys who are traveling home for the holidays from their boarding school, they stopped for the night at an inn where they were killed, and then their bodies were put in a pickle barrel, later to be cooked up and eat, eaten. <laughs> what? Uh, St. Nicholas stopped at the inn, found the boys in the barrel, and brought them back to life. Brought them back to life? Yeah. Wow. After being a, chopped up. Some heavy lifting. Yeah. Which one? is the one I believe is true. I, I got to just assume because it's it involves chopped up children, it's probably that one. right? You're probably the one like, ah, yeah, the pickle barrel thing. That, that I'll tell you why, because they're coming for you. That's going to be your... <laughs> that's your answer. The concentration camp? Yeah, and they're those, coming for you. Well, that's, that's number two. That's an American concentration camp. That's true. Yeah. I mean, but that person lived. Well, I guess the, well, the other one was brought back to life. Yeah. Hmm. They're both pretty dark. Uh, okay, I, I mean, I, the American concentration camp does seem like the name of your potential next book. So uh, let's <laughs> right. let's go with that one. No, you should have stuck with the first the first <laughs> guess. It is the third one, and, and the story is this: they don't have the story right. The story is this mm-hmm. is one of Saint Nicholas' miracles that two boys uh, were out looking for their lost brother, and as they were looking uh, for uh, this kid, um, they stopped at an inn. This inn. Back in these days, in the Dark Ages, they didn't care. This innkeeper was notorious. Little kids would disappear all the time. But if you were a stranger, you were definitely marked because he was making sausage out of people in pickle jars or in pickle uh, containers in Mm. the basement of this place. So he killed the kids. St. Nicholas, the family finally asked the the bishop, St. Nicholas, could you please go and find my children? They're all gone now. 
He happened to stop at this, got a prompting, went downstairs, found the children chopped up. The story is he brought them back to life out of those pickle jars. Did he pickle. put them back together first, or were they just like walking around parts? Because that you uh, have makes a, a darker you story. You have a way to wreck every <laughs> sweet Christmas story, don't you? This is the Glenn Beck Program.